it's gonna be expensive and you may not convert as well if you're trying to target this much more general keyword, but now you can have people who go to that first listing and now they wanna get deeper. That product targeting position can be a really good spot to get. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Scheller from Ad Advance, and today I am joined again by Mr. Matt Wickland. So Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you doing, Joe? Doing good. Enjoying winter up in northern Minnesota, where the winter lasts long. Um, yeah. Beautiful day, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take your word for it. (laughs) All right. So today what we wanted to cover is brand analytics and how we can use them. Um, Long story short, there's a lot of different ways that we can use the information provided with brand analytics and tie that into our advertising. So a ton of awesome insights. And so... You know, instead of giving a long intro to it, I figure it's something that we could probably just jump into and start walking through brand analytics and how we can use it overall. So I guess, Matt, if you're jumping into it, where where would you want to start on the brand analytics side? Sure. So if, you, if you're in your Amazon account, there should be a brands tab. Uh, if you click that, there'll be a brand analytics report that you can jump on into all the different reports that it offers. So where you land first when you click through on brand analytics is on the demographics page. So that breaks down a whole host of your shopper demographic information. Uh, so people that have purchased from your brand, all the you know different demos associated with that audience from age to income to education, gender, all that good stuff. It reports on breakdowns between, between each, each demo. Yeah. Yeah. So like Matt was saying, there's a lot of cool information. I mean, even gets to like marital status, if you're married or single or information's not available, gender, education levels, income levels. So lots of good stuff. Where I've always struggled a bit is how we use this information. So it's great to have, super interesting to see, but when you're trying to apply it, how do you actually use it? Sure. Yeah. So DSP is the first application that I think of when I look at the demographic reports because DSP orders, you can segment your audience by every demographic that exists in brand analytics. So whether it's certain income limits, if you know the majority of your orders are placed by men or women, you can split your orders or your line items based on those demographics and then cater your order and line, line level settings to that specific audience. So you can have a bias towards whatever audience is more likely to convert or more likely to shop your products. Sure, sure. Yep. So DSP is the the key thing that came to mind too and how we can use this for like specific audience segmentation. You know, if you're advertising on other platforms too, can be great information. In general, another spot where you can use it that's not really like ad strategy specific, but it's really, this helps to kind of develop a really cool picture of that avatar of who your ideal customer is or who's actually buying your product. So just by looking at this information, I can start to get a much better picture on really who's shopping for my products. And now I can tune my product detail page, my images, the products themselves to really speak to those people. So that was one cool piece that I took away when I initially saw this. It's like, oh man, this is awesome. Like now I can really figure out like who those like customer groups are that are really coming in. So I can make sure that my marketing messages, my product detail pages, everything just speaks to them. Yeah. 
a cool case study that we have too on, on the sponsored ad side where I typically wouldn't tie in demo information, right? Like, you know, a lot of our search terms kind of dictate the keyword targeting mix that, that we choose to use. But one of our clients has non-gendered products. They're applicable to men and women. But using brand analytics, we saw that 65% of their order base were women. And even though like the listing isn't catered towards a specific gender, we started pairing like our core keywords with for women. And we saw really good conversion rates from those permutations. So it's a way to get a little bit more specific with, with your keyword mix too on the sponsored ad side. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yep. So demographic information, it's definitely cool. And there's a lot of different use cases. So where would you go next when you're in brand analytics? So probably the most powerful report that you have in brand analytics is the Amazon search terms report. And what's kind of interesting about it is it doesn't really tie into your brand. It's this consolidated list of the most frequently searched customer search terms on Amazon. So typically they index like anywhere from a million to 1.3 million. Normally I see like 1.2 million records in the Amazon search terms report in brand analytics. Um, and it ranks it by highest search frequency to low search frequency. So when we were in, you know, like peak pandemic stages, you'd see like the top 10 always be like N95 or masks, any, anything mask related, surgical masks, masks bulk. And then it pairs the top ASINs, top three ASINs by conversion share and click share to each of those search terms. And because they index so many in this report, like 1.2 mil or so, What's, what's really neat is it includes a search box. So it's not, you don't have to use this as like this massive general list of search trends. You can type in keywords that are relevant to your product and then narrow the list to just relevant search terms to your brand and figure out, okay, who owns the number one click share? Who's the, who owns the number one conversion share? And then use that in a variety of different ways in your sponsored campaigns. Sure. Yeah, I, I love that. And it, it's, yeah, this is a great resource overall too for product research or seeing different trends that are coming down. Like just seeing the number one click share for say the top product can really tell you how concentrated that that term is too. You know, so if the, the search term is getting a number one click share of 25, 30%, you know that anybody else who's below that first spot um, is going to have a tough time. Whereas other ones can be much, much lower too, which you know that then that search term is much more fragmented and it might be a lot easier to get into too. So yeah, I, I love coming in and just browsing through this. But like you said, you can use the search feature to then really narrow it down to like your specific products and then see what's really trending at the time, get information on the top ASINs for those different terms. A lot of really valuable information there. Yeah, you can adjust your data period to weekly, monthly, or quarterly. Um, weekly is great for getting like newer search terms or more trending search terms. There's more turnover with all the search terms in the list when you choose a shorter data period. Or you can look at, you know, quarterly for more sustained trends and, you know, whittle the list down to really, you know, long-term high-value search terms. Mm -hmm. It's great for keyword research. So when you're running your sponsored campaigns, if you want to find the search terms, the keywords that you can target that will really move the needle, look in Amazon search terms in brand analytics because you have a conclusive measure of search volume 
that's not reliant on, you know, some third party source that's scraping Amazon. This is straight from Amazon. It's gospel. So you can use it for figuring out, all right, what are the really high value keywords? How do I rank for those? Are these keywords that I should be targeting? It's also a goldmine for product targets. And that's really a common theme across pretty much all the brand analytics reports is it's a, it's a product targeting goldmine. So me personally, one of the ways that I love to use the Amazon search terms report is using, you know, a keyword that's consistent with the products I'm advertising. So let's just say like ping pong paddles as an example. I type in ping pong or ping pong paddles, table tennis paddles, and I get a list of relevant keywords to that, the highest search frequency keywords to that. The keyword ping pong or ping pong paddles is going to be very highly indexed in that list. But, and so it could be very competitive with your, with your keyword targeting campaigns, like getting a top of search placement for ping pong gear, ping pong, ping pong paddle can be very costly because there's so much com- uh, competition for that high value, high search frequency keyword. Sure. Uh, but you also have, it, Amazon gives you those top three products by click share and conversion share. So a good way of potentially leaching traffic from that search specifically is by using product targeting with those high click share, conversion share products and let them pay the upfront cost, $4, $5 for CPC. Sure. We can get a product page impression at a $1.50 bid and pull traffic from somebody that's willing to pay that higher amount. Yeah. Yep. And so I, I just searched in ping pong paddles, type that in. So search frequency rank is 12,000. We know that the Franklin Sports ping pong paddle set, it gets 23, 24% of the click share. And so it's going to be tough to compete with them on the keyword ping pong paddles. But now if you can use product targeting to get some of those clicks that are coming through, so you've got a higher end carbon fiber ping pong paddle, they may look at the Franklin one to start off with, and then they may want to go to like more performance one. And that's where product targeting can be so valuable while not having to target such a general keyword with, like you're saying, it's going to, it's going to be expensive and you may not convert as well. If you're trying to target this much more general keyword, but now you can have people who go to that first listing and now they want to get deeper, that product targeting position can be a really good spot to get. Yeah. And the top ranked product might not be the most economical product either. So maybe you have a better product, you know, like you said, a carbon fiber paddle that beats it in features. If you beat it in price point, you have a really good likelihood of pulling that audience to your product detail page instead of theirs. And When we're talking about product targeting too, I want to be clear, I'm not just talking about sponsored products. This is where sponsored display product targeting really shines through because that ad placement is on an island and it's right below the buy box. It's like the first exposure to a substitute or a competitor product that somebody gets. So this is where like using Amazon search terms, it really shines with SD sponsored display product targeting. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Either below the buy box or below the bullet points too. It's that primary spot. It's almost at the, you know, the top fold, like, you know, it, it's right below all the main details. It's the first ad that you see. So yeah, yeah definitely agree. And that's where price can be so powerful too. Okay. So Franklin's or who, who is it? Yep. Franklin sports ping pong paddle sure. set. Yeah. So they're selling their paddle for $30. You're selling yours for $24.99. Sure. That's where, you know, having that 
immediate visibility can be so, so powerful and you're paying a fraction of the cost versus yeah, the overall search term and search results. Yep. Exactly. And then, I mean, another cool thing too, is that you can download this information, which is really powerful. Like I'm almost a little bit surprised that we get all this information. I mean, cause it's like an index of all of Amazon's major search terms. Um, so you can even download this and then trend it over time and see, all right, is ping pong paddles really coming? Is it, is it trending in the right direction or the wrong direction too? You know, if you start to see a slowdown from seasonal trends or whatever, and this is another great piece where you can dig in to the data to see what's actually happening there. For sure. All right. So that's the, the Amazon search terms page. So what, what else do we have within brand analytics? We have the repeat purchases report. There's not a whole lot to it. It tells you how frequently your catalog is purchased a second time. So good insights into like LTV and repeat purchases, obviously breakdowns by product or brand. Yep. So this one, a lot of value that I see is Within our advertising, we're always trying to figure out what's the lifetime value of the customer coming in. And without like a repeat purchase rates, it's really tough to determine. So say if I'm selling supplements or some other product that's consumable and people, once they come in and they buy that first product, I know the average customer is going to buy two more sets of it. Then from there, I can take a look at my advertising and totally reanalyze how much I want to invest in my advertising. So if we look at the ACoS of our advertising, it's really just dependent on that first sale. So somebody clicks through, they order. My ACoS is just dependent on that first sale. But if the lifetime value of my customer is a lot higher, meaning they come back and they buy multiple times, then that ACoS that originally maybe wasn't profitable on that first sale is very profitable if I know that that new to brand customer is going to generate a lot more sales down the road. And so I see a ton of value in that and just incorporating that into your strategy and making sure it gives you a much better picture overall on what your true profitability is from your advertising. So that's one key piece. And then another piece is you... you it, it really helps to specify which ads we can use a repurchasing strategy for. So whether it's through sponsored display or DSP, you know, the information's right here to determine what, what, what that actually makes sense for. Yeah. And just adding to that too, like benchmarking your products against one, one another. So you're a supplements brand, you sell vitamin C and you spend, you sell vitamin D, let's say, and your vitamin C has a 30% repeat purchase rate, which is great but your vitamin D has maybe 10%. That could be a, a, a valuable opportunity to start leveraging and pushing really you know, a lot harder with like DSP repurchasing or sponsored display repurchasing campaigns for the vitamin D sure. because we have a lot of people jumping ship after the first order. We know the product quality is there. We need to get, we need that extra nudge for this product line. So using, you know, benchmarking across your product mix uh, can work really well for determining those repurchasing strategies too. Yep. Yep. So yeah, another cool report. You can change the date range, um, view by ASIN. Yeah. Lots of good stuff there. So, all right. What, what else do we got? What's the next page for brand analytics? Uh, market basket reports. So what that tells you when you pull the report, it'll list your ASINs in the leftmost column then offset to the right of that will be the products that are frequently purchased with your product. Sure. So they could be your other products. You'll see a lot of your own catalog. Typically, you know, if you have a 
decent catalog breadth, you'll see your own products listed with yours, ideally, uh, or you'll see competitor products that are often purchased with it. So let's say you sell number two pencils, offset to the right could be pens or pencil sharpeners, you know, solid complementary products. My favorite use for this, well, I guess I have a few, but cross promo campaigns work really well with the market basket report. So whether that's your ace and defense campaigns on the sponsored side, like we've talked about previously, where you're using product targeting on your own catalog, you could take a market basket approach where you're pushing competitors off your PDP and replacing it with nice, you know, complementary products that are frequently purchased with the product that you're targeting. Yep. Yep. So, so again, just for the cross promotion strategy, essentially what we're doing is we're targeting our own products with other ads that are from our catalog. And so from here, I can determine that, you know, maybe I have an accessory that goes along well with this product, or, you know, maybe I sell some running gear and some people are looking more for cold weather gear versus warm weather gear, but they clicked on my warm weather gear product display page. Let me show them the ad for the cold weather gear just in case they they didn't quite get what they were looking for. And so from here, it gives you a really good list on, all right, here's my ASIN. And then here's multiple other ASINs that are typically purchased along with this. Yeah, super big for like a cross promotion strategy when you can pick out what's in your own catalog. So, you know, that's our own catalog. And then the other piece is just looking at like conquesting type targets or all right, if they bought this and they typically bought this other product, you know, that could be another accessory that maybe I want to add to my catalog because people are having to look elsewhere for it too. So a lot of good uses for this. Totally. Yeah. DSP is a great one. So with sponsored display, you can't target purchasers of other products in your catalog. Uh, DSP, you can pick unique ASIN and then target them with another. So a perfect application is cross promo and using market basket to do it. We have a great case study with uh, one of our clients that sell uh, cold weather gear and we are combing through market basket. Hey, some people buy warm weather gear out of season. If we use the quarterly look back during the change in seasons and we launched cross promo DSP campaigns for people that purchased the cold weather gear in the last, like, I don't I think it was like 180 days or 270 days with our warm weather catalog and it converted really well. Like they loved the cold weather gear. They were not aware that the warm weather stuff existed, put ads in front of them in front of a loyal, loyal, happy audience and conversions followed. Yeah. And so just to be clear and build on what Matt said, so with DSP, we can create audiences for people who bought any specific product on Amazon. So it doesn't have to be your own. And so if you go into your market basket analysis and you see that somebody bought, like they frequently buy your product and your competitor's product together, whether it's an accessory or they're pretty comparable or whatever it is, we can then create an audience where, okay, if they bought your competitor's product, let's show them ads because they're very likely to buy your product too. And so, yeah, a ton of power right there through DSP to hit a spot where you can't really get that, like you were saying, through a sponsored side. So just another great application to be able to use this information. So that's a market basket analysis. Um, what about the item comparison and the alternative purchase behavior page? Sure. So walk yeah. me through that one. So Amazon merges these two, you know, like audience behaviors into a kind of a single report. So it breaks them out into like two separate tabs if you export from Amazon or if you export to Excel. 
if you review the page on Amazon in brand brand analytics, they'll still be broken out into two separate reports. And this is an amazing product targeting resource. Uh, we use it all the time. Normally, the product targets that we pull from this convert very, very well. So much like Market Basket, it'll list your ASIN uh, an offset to the left, offset right. You have the products that are for item comparison, products that are frequently compared to your product. And from what I understand, the way Amazon uh, gauges that are like next click, basically. So what product do they look at after looking at your product or what product do they look at before looking at your product? So it's a great source for substitutes as is alternate purchase. So that's somebody shops your product and then they go on to buy another product. Oftentimes a competitor, oftentimes something else from your catalog. Both have implications and uses for your product targeting campaigns and, and DSP cross-promotion campaigns. Basically, you know, you can target very close substitutes to your products. What are people comparing your product to frequently? What are people buying instead of your product? And normally you can flip that alternate purchase, you know, kind of do 180. So target the product that somebody's buying instead of yours through product targeting, and they tend to convert really well. Sure. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, there, there's obviously the product targeting impacts that we can have that we can add to our advertising. But this is another great product and keyword research and customer research tool, too, because you can look at it and say, all right, so they come to my product detail page, but they end up buying my competitor's product. Like, why? And so you have the data to show the percent that purchased their product after looking at yours. And so it really gives you, it, it gives you great information to be able to compare and then really try to put yourself in the customer's shoes and say, okay, what did they not see for my product? Was it, was it price? Was it reviews? Was it the detail page just wasn't listed out as good? And then they went over and they bought from my competitor. So super valuable on the product side, but then on the advertising side too, like we said, you know, if they viewed our product and then they went over and then they viewed my competitor's product, like we probably have a very high likelihood to bring them back from my competitor's product back over with our advertising. So just a huge gold mine for product targets. Totally. Yeah. And just to put that into context too, one of the clients that we work with, they're doing like 250,000 per month in ad sales. Pretty solid, right? We launched a brand analytics product targeting campaign for them where we used Amazon search terms, market basket, item comparison and alternate purchase for their full catalog broken out by ASIN and by each of those strategies. This is crazy. It, it's, it, it was doing a hundred over a hundred thousand a month in peak season coming from 250, like the incremental at it, it was, it added so many ad sales to their account out of season. It's still like roughly the same percentage. It's their top performing campaign bar by far. It outperforms brand defense and cross promo, like every other like bread and butter campaign that typically drive tons of volume, like is doing more than a third of their advertising sales just by conquesting, sure. you know, similar products, uh, market basket and yeah, using search term data. And the key driver of that, just tying this into item comparison and alternate purchase are those two reports. Those ad groups do far and above the most product targeting volume for that specific campaign. Sure. But like six figures at a grade A cost. It's yeah. So it added an additional hundred K to their ad sales on top of the the two hundred fifty K that they were initially getting. Correct. 
that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Just by using these reports and, <laughs> and getting them into advertising campaigns. So, yeah. Well, I, I think that's a great spot to end. I mean, just to recap. So we've got demographic information. So this is great at building the avatar of your customer and then also utilizing it for other platforms where you can use more demographic information like DSP or maybe some other advertising platforms. But ton of great info. And Matt had some good examples on how you can tie that in even on the sponsored side. The Amazon search terms page. So awesome for research, trend analysis, and just overall, like, yeah, seeing what other people are really leading in the space that you could potentially use product targeting for. Repeat purchase behavior. So great at identifying where you should um, put in repurchase strategies, pretty obvious. But the other piece is really developing what that lifetime value of your customer is. So you can really well analyze, you can analyze your advertising profits really well. Market basket analysis. So this is an awesome spot for other product targets on, all right, if people buy your product, which other ones are they most likely to buy along with that? And then the item comparison and the alternative purchase behavior tables, both of these gold mines for product targeting. And so I guess just to, to like kind of wrap it up. So for like item comparison or alternative purchase, like what type of campaigns are you setting up for these? Are you using both the sponsored products and um, sponsored display or how, how do you structure that brand analytics type campaigns for them? Uh, so we'd launch with sponsored product, product targeting from the get-go, but I would make sure to also use sponsored display product targeting. Sure. Sponsored brand product targeting, it doesn't really deliver that much traffic. Like the ads are kind of generic. It's like brands related to this item. So they're just not that powerful for click through. Yeah. You can still use it. You're paying per click, not per impression. So, you know, no reason not to, but you'll see the most volume from sponsored products followed by sponsored display. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, you know, this has been our overview on how to utilize brand analytics. Uh, a lot of info here. To, so a key takeaway is just make sure you're digging into this and seeing how you can utilize it. And so just want to say thanks again for um, listening to the Ad Project podcast. If you're ever looking more for like a video format, you can always watch via YouTube with our YouTube channel. Feel free to subscribe and follow us. And if you're listening on a podcast platform and can leave us a quick review, we'd really appreciate it. So as always, thanks again for listening to the Ad Project podcast. And we'll see you on the next episode.